sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friend. We have a very interesting story today, and it touches on the immigration problem, but specifically the problem of asylum. Uh, with all of the crackdown on illegal immigration, uh, the issue of people fleeing religious persecution and seeking asylum has become much, much more difficult. Uh, if you didn't hear my interview with Kenneth Starr on this topic, uh, do check out our iTunes or SoundCloud Freedom's Ring Library and listen to that. But this is a new story, and here to talk about it is my good friend, editor of Liberty Magazine, Lincoln Speed. Lincoln, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Always a pleasure. Put in a plug for Liberty Magazine, the best <laughs> magazine on religious liberty bar none, and published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church for more than 100 years. Check it out at libertymagazine.org the website, and by all means, support our annual offering for this magazine. All right. Tell us about the Saudi Arabian who fled for her life. Yeah, well, I heard the story on BBC uh, a few weeks ago, and then uh, only a few days ago when I was in Canada, then I heard the end of it, because Canada got it. But it started when a, a teenage young Saudi girl, only 18 years old, uh hit the news media as she arrived in Bangkok, Thailand. Now, I've been to Bangkok many times. A wonderful, welcoming place. The airport's huge. You can sort of just drift into the, the masses and no one will notice you. But they noticed this young lady because she came on a plane from the Middle East. And when she arrived, a Saudi diplomatic official confiscated her passport and immediately precipitated a crisis because it turned out that this young woman, who I believe... Uh, was trying to change her religion as well, but uh, she believed that Saudi Arabia was a, a dangerous place to live. She feared that her parents, unhappy with her lifestyle choice and her religious identity, would uh, do her violence because uh, in a number of Muslim countries, Pakistan and Saudi Arabia particularly, the family will often uh, uh, kill a child or a relative out of shame, and there's no legal penalty for that. So, you know, she was in a bad spot. Her passport was taken. To be clear, Lincoln, she had become Christian, hadn't she? That's what I understood. The print uh, that I've seen since doesn't say it, but I remember the BBC program said she'd become a Christian. Right. Uh, now, in Saudi Arabia, it's it's death penalty for a Saudi citizen to uh, leave Islam, not just to Christianity, any religion, death penalty. Uh they don't do it that much, but that people don't change much either. It's a, a great disincentive. And well, so I believe her fear of bodily harm. Does it for them? Right. Nine times out of ten, and especially in Pakistan, the family would do it. But Saudi Arabia's laws were very antagonistic. So I believe she was correct in being paranoid when the Saudi official took her passport. And then it was reported that her father also had turned up in Thailand to take custody of her. So this young lady felt incredibly trapped. She said that she was only passing through the airport on her way to Australia and that she had a visa to go live in Australia. But once her passport was taken away, she's persona non grata. So at first, 
the Thais didn't know what to do with her. And then the uh, United Nations High Commission intervened, and she was at least taken to a hotel room. And then she barricaded herself in the room and refused to leave because feared with justification that the Saudis were wanting to take her back. So this gets very dramatic. We have a 18-year-old Saudi Christian young woman barricaded in a hotel in Bangkok, Thailand, fearing the Saudis and her father are wanting to take her back to Saudi Arabia where she would be subject to either legal prosecution for a capital offense or just extra-legal murder by her own family members. Right. Uh, and then the amazing... From here. Well, uh, I'm just reading now in one of the reports, she was even tweeting or, or sending emails, not clear which, from her hotel room. And this is what she says. Hi, I'm Rahaf. My father just arrived, as I heard, which worried and scared me a lot. And I want to go to another country that I seek asylum in. But at least I feel safe now under the UNHCR protection with the agreement of Thailand authorities. And I finally got my passport back. That was the turning point when the Saudis returned her passport and uh, Thailand agreed to let her continue. And then, at the encouragement of the UN, Canada interjected and said that they would be happy to take her. So just a few days ago now, I was in Canada when she arrived. And uh, uh, she and the government made equal statements about how this was a welcoming country and that this was a new life and how she could start life free and free in religious choices and in other lifestyle choices. So it had a great ending, but it was seriously dramatic. You know, I think stories like this remind us of, you know, what people face in other countries, right? We're, we're so complacent here in America, you know, we're not worried if we go to church or don't go to church. Uh, you know, you grow up in one religion and you decide you want to do something else. You know, um, if you want to be a Buddhist or a Hindu or, you know, uh, whatever, a Christian, or, it doesn't matter. Nobody uh, really gives you that hard of a time here. Um, you're certainly not afraid for your life. But in and some I'm, of these other countries, people are uh, fearing for their lives. And this this is an special case because not only the law of the land was dangerous for her, but her family. Like she said, you know, I'm reading a quote, a statement. She says, my brothers and my family and the Saudi embassy will be waiting for me in Kuwait. Because that's where her family were living briefly. Uh, she said, my life is in danger. My family threatens to kill me for the most trivial things. Well, religion is not trivial, but I'm sure these were real threats. They weren't just, uh, you know, blowing off steam. Now, you know, to be fair, had she um, tried to come to the United States, being that she was from Saudi Arabia, this is one of the countries that is uh, subject to the ban, isn't it? Or maybe it's not. Maybe but, Saudi was... Well, yeah. I, certain, whether that ban's enforced or not, I think it would be a hard, uh, a hard thing to do right now. Even uh, Iraqis, and, uh, interpreters and others, have found it very difficult to get to the U.S. The U.S. only admitted well, several this, hundred people, even years after the invasion, where I'm from originally from Australia. They took thousands of Iraqis. So this is the great irony. The U.S. with the Lady Liberty that's been welcoming through the the, the decades at the moment is closing the door on, on uh, not just economic refugees, people with real need for shelter from direct persecution. Well, 
And as you know, and we both know, as uh, it's been recorded by various organizations that monitor these things, religious persecution has become an epidemic around the globe. Something like 80% of the world's population live in countries with little or no religious freedom. They're not all harassed, but they're within a situation if they decided to make a choice out of the norm on religion from the societal acceptance, then they would find the law and maybe society itself would lean on them very heavily. But see, here in America, you know, most of us, we're more or less part of the majority in some sense, and so we don't feel our rights threatened. Uh, You don't really feel that unless you are a distinct minority. So Christians in an Arab or Muslim country, you know, they feel uh, under threat, uh, just as Muslims uh, here in America uh, often feel under threat. Why I think we need to talk about this at the moment in the U.S. is is there's clearly a strong movement and a change to see uh, refugees as sort of people that have just decided they want to better themselves and they want to get something at our expense. And that might be true in a few cases, but as you mentioned, you know, there's a huge upswing of people that are fleeing for their lives, often from religious persecution. And, uh, you know, within the parameters of law, there should be a welcome for these people, recognize that they need a safe haven somewhere. Well, and the United States has historically held itself out as a place that welcomes those fleeing. I mean, that was our founding, the, you know, the Puritans right. fleeing persecution in in England and uh, and others fleeing uh, religiously hostile environments in, in other countries in Europe. And uh, it, it's really sad. You know, the this, this story I mentioned at the outset, the interview I did with, with uh, uh, the Honorable Kenneth Starr, uh, you know, he talked about a case of a, of a house church Christian in China uh, who lost his asylum bid even though it was, you know, all of his friends and house church members were arrested and beaten, and he would have been uh, surely uh, treated to the same had he been forced to return to China. Right, and they're cracking so, down on, on uh, Christians in China. Uh, in the news today, I heard that a, an Australian uh, Chinese journalist has gone missing in China, uh, almost certainly picked up by the authorities. And I was talking with someone who travels regularly there and just came back from China, and they said that all along the highway there are cameras that are photographing the car at all points, and if you divert off the road, as people would do to go visit a contact or a home church, they know immediately that you've left the beaten track and will track you down and, and arrest you and the uh, the illegal worshippers. Uh, people need to realize that there's a, there's a sort of a cloak and dagger aspect to practicing the, your, your faith in many, many countries right now. You know, the lucky ones escape, the unlucky ones uh, sit put and suffer uh, daily threat and perhaps even imprisonment or worse. I, I surely wish that our listeners would pay close attention to these events around the world because we, we live in a bubble. And it's not just kind of, you know, we talk about the news bubbles we live in, whether it's a Fox News bubble or an MSNBC bubble, you know, uh, but America's always been shielded by these two oceans, and Americans uh, tend to to not have a very good idea of what's going on around the world. Um, and that, that was sure true when, when the ocean took a long time to sail, but we have no excuse now that the, the Internet is literally buzzing in areas 
uh, we can get the news. We can reach out. We can find out about other people. We can hear. We can even contact them. Uh, and so well, the world is a small village nowadays. The need to be active in supporting religious liberty and religious liberty organizations like ours, and there are certainly many others that are noble and worthy, but, um, you know, support the work of Liberty Magazine. It's, it's right. critical because religious liberty is not faring well around the world. It just isn't. Absolutely. You know, recently, even the U.S. president made some murmuring objections to the dismembering of a uh, Saudi journalist who disappeared into their uh, Istanbul embassy. Uh, you know, that, that was fine. We should encourage our government to uh, object just as loudly at these many people within that country that are being uh, repressed, persecuted, intimidated, and denied the God-given right to make their own choices on religion. And I'm afraid, recently with this new administration, we're not critical of things that despots and despotic regimes do. Well, there's certainly a lot more that could be said on the mixed messages that our administration is sending, but we are sadly out of time. Our guest today has been my good friend, Liberty Magazine editor, Lincoln Steed. We've been talking about this Saudi woman Christian who fled persecution and uh, thankfully was uh, granted asylum in Canada. Thanks as always for being with us on Freedom Spring. And as we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom Spring, we don't just talk the talk about religious freedom. We offer legal services to help people suffering religious discrimination, especially in the workplace. Do check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed, get involved, join the North American Religious Liberty Association, producer of Freedom's Ring, on the web at religiousliberty.info. And you can hear this and all our Freedom's Ring radio shows on our SoundCloud radio station or on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.